Welcome to the Poetic Resurrection Podcast, where we explore perceptions. How self-reflecting questions can give you a better understanding of self. I'm your host, Sonia Iris Lozada. Stay tuned. Hi, everyone. And welcome to a new episode of Poetic Resurrection. And today I'm happy to introduce Kelly Keefe. She is an empowerment coach and a wordsmith. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. So tell me about an empowerment coach. And I looked you up and you have a book and you have some music. Tell us about yourself. Yeah. You know, it's the, the always the question of like, how do you want to be introduced? Or, you know, what do you do? The more and more that I continue to grow and expand and my body of work expands the way I serve, I'm just like, that's a, quite the question. I don't even know anymore. You know, so let's <laughs> just pick a couple of them. But essentially, my own journey has been going on to the healing path and getting in touch with who is my authentic self and ways to live in alignment with my truth and that vivaciousness for life and that confidence, you know? And so as my cup overfilleth, you know, it's just natural for me to then support others in doing so, you know, and then the slew of different programs and certifications to help people learn how to clean out the waters and get back in touch with who they are and be able to live confidently and, you know, in that, in their own power. Now, do you feel that when you do your teachings, is it follow your soul kind of thing and quiet the mind that you're trying to read, have your clients read? Yeah, in a bit, in a way, one thing I would say, I like to call it new cage traps, you know, like the new age era, there's a lot of truth in it. There's a lot of really good stuff in there. And there's a couple of things that are a little, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, where what I've learned through, I sit with different elders of various different indigenous tribes. So that's also pieces of the, the codes that are infused into me, where it's not so much quiet the mind and follow solely the heart or slay the dragon and, you know, obliterate fear this and that it's actually how do we start to bring in that understanding of all of the parts of ourselves and how do we get everyone to learn how to work together just like what the mission that we're at at large in the global scale where they all have value Mm -hmm. maybe the mind has been trying to be the CEO and really should be like the director of operations. Yeah. Where, you know, spirit should really be, our soul should be CEO. So it's le- helping all parts feel heard and seen and respected and then finding their proper role in the game and making sure they're all feeling that within them. Like they're all on the same page with it. I like the idea of making the heart the CEO. When you break it down into like a business format, it's easy to understand. Yeah. So then with this, you got into Reiki. Yeah. Yeah. When did you get into Reiki and how long has this journey been going? It's actually reverse. Reiki brought me into this. I like to say Reiki was my gateway. Uh, (laughs) In 2012, I was in a meditation. Uh So I was already in yoga, meditation and 
starting to learn Neville Goddard and the law of attraction and all that fun stuff. And I was deep in who knows where I heard a message clear as day freaked me out in the moment. I wasn't used to it yet. Look up healing modalities. You're a healer. And I was like, what the bleep is going on? You know, but I did. And I came across Reiki and it rippled through my body. It was a very visceral experience. Freaked me out. Again, all of it was so new. I didn't know what was happening. So I just tried to ignore it. (laughs) I was like, okay, that never happened. But then two days later, I very serendipitously met my first Reiki teacher at a Barnes and Noble. And so it's one of those, like, you know, I didn't choose the path. The path chose me. Yeah. You know, and so I started to receive sessions. I started working with him. And then very quickly, I came to know, like, oh, I'm here to teach this. Oh, there's, you know, a calling that's been placed on my heart, which is the heart space. That's a beautiful title, too, to your website. One of the things I notice is that because I I believe in all organic and natural holistic healing, I also believe in regular medical because it's given to us for a reason. I think it's mostly if we take care of ourselves, we don't need it as much, but you know, sometimes you need it when it gets too far. What do you do when you do your transformational guide and vibration artist? What is a vibration artist? Yeah. Yeah. And one, I just want to echo and celebrate, you know, that honoring of both the worlds. You know, there's no need to swing the pendulum. You know, it gets, we have both. We're here to be bridges. I just want to really echo and celebrate that. And yeah, vibrational artist. (laughs) Again, there's been plenty of felt like existential crisis where I'd be like, how do I identify all that I am? The vastness and this multidimensional, you know, being that I am that's, you know, an artist, I, I write, I do poetry, I'm now making music, I understand in the healing arts. You know, so it's all of these expressions where I realized when I sat with it, one, everything is energy. There's a vibration yes. to everything. Yes. And I move in the world with an intent to continue to elevate the frequency, elevate the vibration of everything. And because of my deep studies, of vibration and healing work and being able to see the unseen. Whereas, oh, essentially what I'm doing is I'm creating art with the vibrations of any space or with any field that I'm working with. So saying a vibrational artist, it creates a lot of confusion for some people where I had to explain, but for me, it was enough of a, a broad statement for the depth of what I'm doing anywhere I go. Where I'm just, oh, I'm just curating and, you know, supporting and shifting the vibrations of an individual or the collective with all of my artistry. And that's how I see Reiki works. Now you have a book out called Rise Above Fear. Can you tell me more about it? Yeah, girl, that was a channeled piece. That was another one where I was like, oh, I wrote it in a month. It was one of those like, okay. I'm going to, I could feel it. That's usually how any poem writing this and that. And I'm curious of like your dynamic when things move through you where I can feel it. Like there's something to me. I'm like, Ooh, something's coming. It's almost, you know, like a birthday, you know, where I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh, there's something that's about to come out, you know? And then it's either the pen and the paper, or I'll sometimes I grab my phone and it's out and then I need to go take a nap, you know? So I could feel something coming 
And then I just started. And it was autopilot, just all day, every day, like, okay, cool, this is happening. I pulled out different journal prompts or different blog posts I've done. And before I knew it, within a month, I had a book to put out onto Amazon. And I say in the foreword, it was my own process of rising above fear to put something out in the world as an author, a childhood dream. So it was really a live working piece uh-huh. of my own work and process of overcoming the fear of letting myself be seen in the world of sharing such a sacred expression of our heart or writing, you know, and doing that in the world. The context of it is the understanding of what fear is of more of a psychological, physiological and vibrational space and how we can start to change our relationship with fear. Because so often either we're completely engulfed by it or we're staying in the space of, I have to like slay fear and like kill fear, live without fear. And it's like, there's a misunderstanding. That's not how it works. Fear can be your friend. It, it is, our, exactly. It's our friends. Yeah. When we can start to say, wait, I'm sorry, hang out with me. Let's actually converse. And similar to what we were talking about of the different parts, your fear is also a part of you. So it's just learning how can you create a relationship with it? You know, a homotakiasin, peace and love to all of my relations, which also means the relationship to our fear, the relationship to our anxiety, our relationship to our joy or our bliss. Like all of them is a relationship. So it's how do we cultivate a healthy, robust relationship with fear so we can navigate this life with less of it crippling us? I find that when I have fear, mm. it's because it's something I need to learn. Mm. It's like if, if fear is being thrown at me, it's like, okay, why am I feeling this way? How is, what am I supposed to learn? Because usually that's when fear hits me. It's mm. something that I have to learn. And once I get through it, it usually either it works or it doesn't. But at least now I don't have the fear. It's gone because I accepted it and went through it. I actually wrote a poem that's on fear. And when I put out my first book, it was the same thing. It was like, oh, my God, everybody's going to see what I feel like. Um, And, you know, I wanted to use a pen name, but I said, no, I can't use a pen name because then I'm not getting over my fear. I'm hiding Mm. still. Mm. So I put it out there and said, "Okay, now everybody knows it's me. This is how I really feel. One of the best books in reviews I've ever had. Mm. And it was because of, of, of that. I just allowed myself to be so vulnerable. And uh, it was, it's called uh, Inspire Me Raw, which, but it is, it's all raw emotion. What a great title. Ooh. Yeah, it's oh, a, a I series that. I have. It was very hard. So I understand that. I mean, what would you say? Let, I'm going to use myself as an example. Let's say I was talking to you before I released that book. Yep. How would you have, have told me or helped me, not tell me, because I don't think that ever works when you tell somebody. How would you have geared me into me seeing it or yeah. accepting it? Yeah. So one, I want to celebrate where there's that clarity. Like, oh, I'm clear what the fear is. Sometimes we're not we can be so in the emotion, emotions, mm-hmm. energy, emotion. So sometimes the energy is moving so much that we can't even identify what it is. 
So if that's where it is, then it's calming the waters and asking, what is the fear here? Mm -hmm. Hey, fear, what, what are you actually here and being able to identify it? Once we can identify things, it diffuses a power it has over us almost immediately. Mm -hmm. Once you have it identified, something I love to do, and this is in the book, we go deep into it, is having tea or sharing a meal with fear. And quite literally, make it tangible. Make yourself a cup of tea, make them a cup of tea. And then when it's done, just, you know, you can offer it back to the earth or, you know, do Mm -hmm. whatever you may with it. But again, opening that door of, okay, I'm, I'm going to drop in with you. We're not enemies here. Let's make an alliance. Let's have a good conversation. And then opening the space to hear the fear out. So in this case was, you know, what are people going to say this and that, the, whatever it was. And then we say, you know what? You have value. You've been through things in your life. Just we personify it. Mm-hmm. Just like you and I, we've had experiences where it can change the lens of how we perceive. So has that fear, that part of us. So saying, you know what? Talk to me. Air it out. This is a safe space. What's going on in there? And just letting that fear part be there and meet it with love. Oh, wow. I could understand that. I see why you would feel that way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. And meet it in love. And then begin to be able to do more of a negotiation with them of hear it out, help them see it from another perspective, and then come to an agreement to move together powerfully with focus on the best case scenario. So once you can get it to say yes, mm-hmm. like I know for myself, I, you know, I still do this practice with so many different things. I'm always growing and pushing myself to limits where there's times where I hit that point where they're to shake on it. You know, my inner being and fear at the end of the you know, negotiation, there is to be a shake of the work burning. This is an ingredient. There's times that that fear is stubborn and we have to sit and go deeper into the conversation. Okay, you're not ready. And I can accept that. Let's talk more. There's still something there. You know, so holding that space and being in relation with it. Yeah, I had a fear once that it was weird because I was fine. I had to do a speech and yeah. I was fine. You know, right before this. And as soon as I got up to do the speech, it was an, a physically crippling. I mean, mm-hmm. I could not stop shaking. Well, and I was like, where the heck did this come from? I was fine until like five minutes ago, you know? Um, so that one I could not understand because I don't know where it came from. Mm. But, you know, so hence I haven't done a speech since, but I'm up for another one and I'm just working on it. Beautiful. Oh, well, let's drop in on that. I would just love to like, like that was like, cool. Let's, let's, I have so many questions with it. We won't go too deep into it, but one clarifying for myself, because I love the human experience. We're so fascinating. Had you done a speech prior to that? No. Okay. So it was the first one. Yes. Got it. Okay. Beautiful. Well, public speaking is one of the most common fears amongst humans at large. Yes. Which I find so fascinating. You know, to boil down to what that is. And I'm curious where there's times where I love public speaking. Me being seen in the written form has been more the challenge of like really lean in and let that keep going. As we're talking a little bit about the poetry before getting on. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm curious of people's relationship to being seen and heard. 
You know, mm-hmm. I like the correlation of our fear of the mass fear of public speaking and what the correlation would be of the fear of being seen and heard and taking up space. You know, what's really weird. I thought I would be fine because mm-hmm. I've taught courses before. Yeah. I've been in front of a class. I've, you know, mm-hmm. I've done that and I had no mm-hmm. problems and I'm amusing that I, I make people laugh, but for that one, I don't know what came over me. Mm-hmm. It was so bizarre that I didn't even understand. I go, what the heck did this come from? Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm, I think the only difference was when I teach, I know I'm giving them something valuable. Mm-hmm. And the, and maybe when I was giving the speech, I didn't feel value. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing that I could think of. Mm. juicy yeah and it's one I applaud the you know I can feel the oceanic depth I mean we know you're an amazing poet like you you're ocean deep (laughs) like that that goes without you know saying but to be able to to see that you know that's one thing I love about the human experience is like the work never ends Mm -mm. you know we get like things pop up they're like oh and that's a, a key piece is that we stay curious we don't judge it it's not good. It's not bad. It just, it just, oh, I'm curious what that's about. Oh, wow. I've always been fine speaking. I'm curious what that's about. Is then it opens the door. I wonder if it's something from childhood. I wonder if it's something from a past life. I wonder if it's, you know, just that feeling of I'm about to step into a new expression of my being, you know, like it's, I love the human experience for that. Did you have ever an experience like that when you first started public speaking? Yeah, I still get nervous time to time. I've also been a weirdo. Like I'm one of those weirdos <laughs> that actually loves public speaking. Uh-huh. I gave my first like performance at six years old. I had a joke come through me. I kid you not, coloring in kindergarten. And a joke came through. And me being me, my response wasn't, oh, let me tell Timmy across the desk. It was, I have a joke. I must tell the school. <laughs> and I went to the guidance counselor. And I said, I have a joke. I need to tell the school. <laughs> and so that Friday morning, there I am at six years old with a little microphone. Actually, I was little. The microphone was pretty big. And I shared this joke with the entire school. And like, there was no fear. I was just, this one I'm here to do. Um, so there's been times I've done motivational speaking in schools and, you know, I'm, give me a stage and a microphone. I'm so happy. My fears come more when I've done stand-up. I get nervous. I do stand-up comedy just for mm-hmm. fun, for passion. Yeah. Um, I get nervous still every time going up for that. But more of the free flow of speech or something like that, like good to go. Yes. Um, I'm an actor myself. Yeah. And when I've done musicals, which I haven't done any musicals in a while, but it was wardrobe would push me on stage because there was something between the backstage line and on stage and I would stop and I would freeze and they knew I would do that because once I got pushed onto the stage I was fine and there was no problem so they would literally come by and just push me (laughs) over (laughs) and then I was totally fine I'm just having a good time because I love to entertain and I think when you're when you're giving you feel like you're giving people knowledge or giving them a gift it's so much easier than to put it on ourselves as am I worthy enough to give this gift? 
So real. That hits so close to home for me as well. So I thank Mm -hmm. you for being a mirror in that moment. You know, as I feel we, you know, we have this vast knowledge and wisdom and weight and we naturally want to give. You know, there's so many uh, humans. We're here. We live of service. You know, some are a little bit more selfish than others, but they're still in service. They're just in service to self. And that's in, you know, its Mm -hmm. own device and its own way. But that hits close where as I've been expanding, you know, I have the music and, you know, these calls on my heart. That's more and more of that entertainer. I definitely sit sometimes within myself where I'm like, is that of service to mankind? Like I have all these things, but I hear all the time, you know, the voice of God, spirit, all that is, you know, me, same, 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 is don't get set in how you are to be of service in this world. That's your ego talking. Mm-hmm. You're very clear. This is what you need to do. Like you have no idea how being what lights you up and being a light in this world is going to impact so many people around you. And that's one of those that sits with me that brings relief and also frustration at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, like one of those capital T truths where it's just like, hmm, that's true. And that forces me to grow again. <laughs> and you know what? I think it being accepting of change, and I am. I actually am. The only change I don't like is I don't like to change my home. I mean, in Mm. terms of moving, I'm changing my home all the time. I'm I'm moving the furniture around and doing all like that. But that's the because I need a stable foundation somewhere Mm. because I do like change. Because if not, I'm not curious. Mm. You know, it's and I get really bored if I'm not curious. Mm hmm. So that brings that on. But I mean, doing stand-up comedy is, that's hard. But at what you're, you're still giving because you're giving laughter. That's it. Absolutely. And codes, you know, and it's so funny where you say like, without moving, if you would, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine how you would respond if you saw my moving patterns, how often I move around without a steady base. I'm like, no, if that's like your thing, you'd be like, <gasps> I just need at least one. And that's my home base. I need to know that my home is there. And yep. then I could go everywhere else, you know? Um, yeah. But I, I keep my friends for a very long time. I still have friends from second grade. So oh, I love that. Yeah. So th- those are the things that I have a stability with. Yeah. But otherwise learning you know, yeah. it, and I'm people say, yeah, people say, don't you want to stick with that? I go, I learned it. And now mm. I, I need to learn something new. Otherwise, it bores me. You know, like one mm. of the things I'm doing, I'm going on hiatus for all my podcasts because I want to write. That's my that's what I want to do this summer. Mm. So amazing. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that's. Those are words of a of a deep old soul right there. You know, oh, we're like, you. wait, I'm here on a human. Yeah, thank you. That's the gift of humanity, you know, or it's like, wait, I've been here. I've done this. You know, like I have this human experience I get to have right now. You know, when we're not in this human suit, you know, yeah, we're in bliss of light tone frequency, but we don't actually get to experience what we experience as a human. You know, there's so many challenges with it, but I feel all of us can forget what a blessing it is to get to to do this 
We get to eat, we get to create, we get to take that energy that we are and put it into different forms. We get to experience pleasure in nature and change and experiment. Because it's, you know, (laughs) I said this one time in a conversation with the client and then it's just stuck. Like, it's so good. It's like, listen, this human experience, it's whose line is it anyway? The points are made up and it does, it's all made up and the points don't matter. Yes. You know, like have fun, experiment, like, like we're here, this go around. If you mess something up, you know, you'll just get it on the next lifetime. You know? Yeah. And I had to relearn that because when I got into acting, cause I've been doing it for decades, when mm-hmm. I first got into it, it was just pure joy is the reason I did it. And then it became, oh, I have to make a living. Oh, I need to pay bills. Oh, I, and the, the joy, I just sucked the joy right out of it. And so I went through a grieving process of letting it go. I said, I'm not going to make a living off of it. I just have to let it go. And I said, wait a minute, I have to let it fully go. If it comes my way, it brings me joy still. So let me do it. If it comes my way, I do it. I'm booking more now than ever before. Amazing. Because I brought back the joy. And that's one of the things with creativity. I find that you have to find the joy in it or else it's not, it's not fun anymore. Absolutely. Yes. It's play. Exactly. We're here here to play. And there's actually, there's been uh, research done about the impact of the word work Mm -hmm. that now happens within our nervous system and our subconscious and conscious psyche mind. So quite literally, when we hear the word work, there is a natural repulsion that happens within our being repelling this idea of that associated with joy at all. So when we start to make it, this is my work, well, then, yeah, we're sucking out the joy and abundance, prosperity loves the frequency of pleasure. Yes. You know, of our joy and our pleasure. So when we can be like, oh, wait, I'm not here to work. I'm playing. I make, I make, you know, I live in fun and it's play. Well, then just, it just keeps growing and flowing. So, so good. Yeah, I I went to my doctor. Uh, there was I went to my doctor, and they, and I'm like, oh well, how can I improve myself? Because I go to a regular doctor just so I could know if they say, oh, this is high or low or whatever. Then I go into the natural mode. Yes. How can I fix this naturally? Um, I do meditation every day because that helps. But they're always saying, I wish I had your numbers. And these are people that are 20 years younger than me. I'm mm. like, I just. I try to find joy in everything and I try to face my fears. That is the only thing I do. You know, it, it's, it, and I think that's so healing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, I, I can totally understand that, but the fear thing. And sometimes you go back and say, I let this rule my life for so long fighting it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and there's, Meeting it with compassion of that, you know, and once I know I can just see that on a t-shirt or just like an in conclusion, find joy in everything and face your fears. Like there's healing <laughs> and longevity and vitality at its finest. I just have to put that. There's a sound bit. Um, but to show compassion where it makes sense. We've been, we, we've grown up in a society that one, there's fear mongling everywhere. You know, commercials, especially I'm like, yeah, oh, my you know, God. it's 
it's, it's inundating and epigenetics, you know, if there's been something, if there's been a fear of something within two generations, it's now in the DNA. So there's double the work, if not more than double to rewire it. So, you know, one, all of us having compassion for ourselves with it. And, you know, maybe from a trauma this time, last lifetime, you know, it doesn't justify, Hey, let's live in fear. But I personally continue to, for myself and for others, invite in that compassion. Like, okay, it makes sense it's here. One that also brings in that part of the team. That's the logic. Okay, logically, that makes sense. There's been fear that's been existing here. Now, are we ready to dive into the other parts of our being to change it? You know, but yeah. Yeah. Now we're getting towards the end of our interview. I'm, I'm sorry we are, because this is amazing. <laughs> what would you like to say to the audience if you had them right in front of you? A reoccurring one that's very alive within me. And anytime someone's asking me this, it's just the reminder of like authenticity is so refreshing. And allowing ourselves to get clear of what is our authentic self and that authentic authentic expression and give yourself permission to be it and give permission for to get support from others to help you to allow yourself to be in that authentic expression like that's one of the most powerful medicines that the world needs right now yeah authenticity with kindness mm-hmm. yeah that is one of the things now, how can people reach you? Yeah. So you can explore uh, the website at heartspace.co. You're also welcome to reach out to me on the IG. Uh, I am Kelly Keefe. And then there is a link directly to the Heartspace Instagram. Thank you so much for being on the show. You are such a pleasure. And we must have you back to go deeper into some other Thanks. subjects. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you so much. I appreciate you deeply. Thank you for listening to the Poetic Resurrection Podcast, available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, and many other podcast platforms. Please visit us and subscribe to our newsletter at PoeticResurrection.com for the latest information and updates.